Welcome back to the Jelly Bean Medicine Podcast. My name is Steph and I'm a final year medical student with a love for peds. Alongside the Bonn University Pediatric Club, we'll be giving you the rundown of all the high yield pediatric topics, all based from Australian guidelines. Let's get into our first topic for this week, which is febrile seizures. If you're looking to find some good resources on this topic, QCH febrile convulsions and RCH febrile seizures have a good rundown of what we're about to cover. What is a febrile seizure? A febrile seizure is a seizure that's accompanied by a fever, and it's usually found in children who have not had an afebrile seizure in the past, and this current seizure does not have any neurological abnormalities or signs of a CNS infection, such as meningitis. Febrile seizures occur in about 3% of children and are normally found between the ages of 6 months and 6 years. An important thing to remember about febrile seizures is that they're benign in that they do not cause any neurological damage and are not associated with epilepsy. The recurrence rate of seizures is about 30-35%. to Why do febrile seizures occur? It's thought that they occur when there's a sudden rise in temperature, so for example in a fever, and this rapid rise in temperature will cause a release of cytokines and cause neuronal excitability, and this therefore triggers a convulsion. It's important when a child presents with a suspected febrile seizure that you think of other differentials as well. These include epilepsy, breath-holding attacks, reflex agnostic seizures, migraines, pseudo-seizures, and cardiac arrhythmias. We can classify febrile seizures as either simple or complex. A simple febrile convulsion is when you have a fever, a generalized tonic-clonic seizure, and it's usually brief. So it can be up to 15 minutes, the most are less than this. They do not occur more than once in 24 hours, and there is no history of any afebrile seizures, and there is no neurological abnormality or current CNS infection. On the other hand, you have complex febrile convulsions, and this is where you have a fever, and the child will have a seizure that lasts greater than 15 minutes. Usually for complex seizures, they will have focal symptoms. And this basically means when the seizure begins in one area of the brain and it spreads. So sometimes these children can have awareness during their seizure. Another thing to note is that they can occur again within 24 hours. You're the intern in the emergency department and the senior doctor has asked you to take an assessment of this child. As always, start with a history. So when taking a seizure history, always think about before, during, and after the seizure. So before the seizure, think about prodromal symptoms, such as if the child was lightheaded or if there's a change in mood or behavior. When asking questions about the actual seizure, ask if the parents have recorded it, what were the movements like, how long did it last for, was there any tongue biting or urinary or fecal incontinence, was there any loss of consciousness, and did they hit their head? When thinking about after the seizure, always ask how long did it take for the child to be back to their usual self, and did they appear drowsy or confused afterwards? After this, you can take your usual paediatric history, including developmental history and family history. Moving on, you would want to be doing an examination. So predominantly, you want to be doing a neuro exam, looking for signs of meningitis as well and loss of consciousness. You've done your history and examination, and now it's time for investigations. Investigations are not routinely performed for simple febrile seizures, especially if they are back to their normal self. Times when investigations are warranted 
is if the cause of the infection is unknown. For complex febrile seizures, you'd want to be doing a septic workup, including bloods, urine MCS, blood glucose, a lumbar puncture, and possibly some imaging. Possible imaging that you'll do for a complex febrile seizure would include an EEG, CT, or an MRI of the brain. However, before ordering imaging, seek specialist advice. Managing a child with a febrile seizure. If the seizure is still happening or if it's prolonged, so greater than five minutes, we call a status epilepticus. And QCH recommends giving benzodiazepine, so midazolam or diazepam. However, usually for febrile seizures, the event would have occurred at home and lasted less than 15 minutes. Therefore, you won't usually treat the seizure in hospital itself. The mainstay of treatment for febrile seizures is treating the underlying cause of infection. An important thing in management is that prophylactic anti-epileptic drugs are not used as they don't actually reduce the recurrence rate or risk of epilepsy. These children will be able to be discharged once back to their normal baseline and the infectious source has been identified. The last and perhaps the most important thing that we're going to talk about today is parental reassurance. Remember that it's extremely distressing to the parents after they've witnessed their child have a seizure. It's important that you tell the parents that simple febrile seizures do not cause any brain damage and that their intellectual performance at school will not be affected. So for the child who's had a simple febrile seizure, their risk of developing epilepsy is about 1%. And this is the same as the background risk of all children in the general population. Children actually at risk of epilepsy are those who've had multiple febrile seizures before the age of one, and their risk is about 2.4% as opposed to 1%. It is also important to reassure parents that there is nothing that they could have done to prevent this from happening. You can, however, manage fevers with paracetamol or ibuprofen to help the child feel more comfortable. The next thing to talk about is first aid of seizure management. First and foremost, it's important to make sure that the child is safe from nearby objects and won't harm themselves. Call triple zero, roll the child into recovery position afterwards, and ensure that the parents do not put anything in their mouth or try to stop the jerking movements. If it is safe to do so, you can advise the parents to video the seizure as it really helps in clinical diagnosis. Now onto the fun part of the episode where I get to quiz you on two questions on the topic we just covered today. Our first question is that four-year-old Tommy is brought into the emergency department by his mother. He's just had an episode of uncontrolled shaking at home. Tommy's mother reports that the episode lasted about three minutes and his whole body shook with noted tongue biting. Over the previous day, Tommy has been unwell with chorizal symptoms. Looking at Tommy now, he's alert and playing with his toy in the waiting room. He is still febrile, but all vitals are otherwise in normal limits. His mother, however, is still very concerned about Tommy as this is the first time this has ever happened before. What is the next appropriate step in management for little Tommy? Is it A, a throat swab and antibiotics, B, blood cultures, C, a lumbar puncture, D, antipyretics, or E, referred to a pediatric neurologist? In this case, Tommy has had a simple febrile seizure as it's lasted less than 15 minutes his whole body shook, indicating a generalized onset, and he is back to his normal baseline. Simple febrile seizures do not warrant further investigation if the child is back to their normal baseline. 
Therefore, the correct answer is D, antipyretics, as this will alleviate the discomfort in the child, however not prevent further recurrence. All right, now onto the second question. So you explained to Tommy's mother that it's a simple febrile seizure and then therefore investigations are not needed. However, she's still quite concerned that this could happen again and she's heard about the possibility of developing epilepsy. She requests that you arrange an EEG. What do you say to Tommy's mother? First and foremost, acknowledge her concern. Febrile seizures are common and about one in 30 children will have them. In Tommy's case, he'll have about a 1% chance of developing epilepsy, and that's the same as the rest of the population. You can also say that Tommy does not meet the criteria for a complex febrile seizure, and this is reassuring and therefore an EEG is not required. It's always handy that when you have a worried parent that you give them some more information to read up on. QCH has really good fact sheets on febrile convulsions that you can give to the parents. That's all we have time for today, but I hope you found this episode super helpful. I hope you all have an enjoyable week. And as always, if there's a topic you'd like covered, then please shoot us a message via our Instagram at Jellybean Medicine. We'll see you in our next episode on developmental milestones.